Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of H&K Video Game Experience. With us as always is Hollywood Cole. What is up? And of course, as always, I'm Clearfire. So, it's been a little while since we've chatted with y'all. Uh, we've actually been a little gapped here. Um, I'm in the process of moving houses, so I've had a tough time of setting times to, to be able to do recording, but... We're trying to throw out something for y'all as quick as possible, so hopefully y'all will enjoy this one. And that's what's going on yes, in indeed. going on in my little world over here. So, what's going on in yours, Hollywood? Oh, not much. We're trying to get uh, a guest on today. Um, Revelations is a PSN name, but uh, got prior engagements. But it would have been nice to have another voice, another experience. Uh, one of our one of our friends we grew up with, but um, but whatever, we'll get him on here soon. But man, I've been playing. In fact, with Revelation, the new Call of Duty, and uh, I sold my Destiny too, so it's gone. Uh, Black Ops Three's gone, and uh, Advanced Warfare's gone now. So, so all those things are gone, and uh, so my shooter now is the new Call of Duty. And man, you know, it, it really is a great Call of Duty game. Uh, it's really amazing. I mean, Sledgehammer developed it, mm -hmm. published by Activision, and you know how I feel about Activision, oh, so yeah. I wasn't expect, expecting a whole lot. But and I'm not real keen, or you know, necessarily understand what the difference is between the developer and publisher. Developer makes the game, uh, designs the game, publisher kind of just publishes it just like a book the writer writes it so that's why it's good sledgehammer did all that but it uh it's a world war ii game kicks back so it's call of duty world war ii and the online multiplayer is fun the story is great uh the kill streaks are cool it's still got that call of dutyism where you know you'll be waiting this is a standard example i know a guy's behind me i turn around and face it's a doorway or something he has to come through I'm pointing my gun right at the doorway. Guy runs through and kills me. And it's like, <laughs> how is he able to come through that door, acquire me in the room, and then pull the trigger and kill me before I'm even able to pull the trigger on him coming through the door? It's a little bit of that half a second lag that all the Call of Duties have. It's the all mystical ping rate. Yep. <laughs> and so there's a, several theories about that. In fact, we could do a whole show about Call of Duty. Uh, that that uh, Yeah, just that part, about yeah. Yeah, just how, how they do that. There's theories that you know it's done on purpose to let everybody get a bunch of kills every so often so you'll keep playing the game, whatever. But either way, we know it's there. We're used to it, and I still enjoy it, man. I, I think they did a great job. I don't see a lot of microtransactions. They're there. You can buy them. But they are certainly hidden from the game. And see, that's a key. You know, it really is. You if you're constantly being fed this micro chance, like Neverwinter, we play Neverwinter. That's an MMO mm -hmm. fantasy game like, wow. But it's always in your face about the microtransactions because you got the astral diamonds to get Zen. And, and Zen is the, what you, the currency that you buy with real world money in order to get things in the game like something stupid and simple, bag space. And so you're mm -hmm. like, oh, I can't even get bag space. But you can play that game enough to where you don't have to ever buy anything and it's not a crazy grind to do it uh so it's very doable but that's but the point is when that microtransaction is always in your face it kind of pulls you out of the experience 
and yeah. this new Call of Duty does not do that, I don't think. Well, that's, um, that's definitely good to hear that, because I know a lot of people like Call of Duty. I know a lot of my buddies at work like it, and have talked it up, and... Can, I just, this game, yeah, call it, yeah, this one, yeah, and I just, and so, I just can't, I, I still can't get into them. You know, we got a couple. Yeah, I mean, it's just a Call of Duty. Yeah. I mean, you know, and we got a, if you never like Call of Duty, you're not gonna like. Yeah, it. we've got a couple clan mates from our Destiny clan that love Call of Duty just for the zombies aspect of it. So, yeah, and I'm not a big zombie guy, but I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm just proud of them for doing this because I mean, I really am. I thought you know, just got everybody's got Call of Duty fatigue. You know that trailer before with Infinite Warfare got yeah. like eight million dislikes or something. Mm-hmm. Everybody's just sick of Call of Duty, and I was like, yeah, whatever. I mean, I'll give it a try. It's World War Two. I like World War Two. So, but they really stepped it up, man. I mean, they kept the story good and the and the online gameplay is good. I, I think it's they they really kind of changed it up just enough. It's almost like they struck that balance to change it up just enough yeah. to keep it fresh, along, but also add new things in there. Um, you know, just I mean, there's we can go through all the kill yeah. streaks. I won't do all that, but you know, it's fun. The kill streaks are not overpowering, but they're actually they do stuff. You know, you you want to get them, you look mm-hmm. forward to getting them. So they they finally kind of taken all they've learned and added it in there. It seems like they just need to get these servers. Uh, worked out, which they don't even have servers. Yeah, that's part of the problem. Well, the one thing that draws me to it that makes me want to even think about playing it is the fact that it's set World War Two. I think that would be a cool aspect to play it in. So having yeah. that throwback like that, I think that that actually is helping that game keep some relevancy and going there. Because you know, like you said, there's been a lot of burnout on Call of Duty. So yeah, and when you get to that futuristic stuff, I mean, it just starts to get annoying in a call of duty game you're not running on walls and doing these double mm-hmm. jump i mean like this kind of stuff is not fun to do in a game like we said that already has that lag uh behind it and you got your guy doing 90 degree turns in midair and all this kind of stuff i mean it's not it's hard enough to keep up with mm-hmm. it you know on any game much less the call of duty that's already a second behind but um but yeah the story you're just a uh, you know a little private that starts off um going to world war two and you just kind of follows him around and he, he's talking you know the whole time and it's just a standard world war two story it's got sneaking uh areas it's got just going in there and blasting you're riding tanks uh and man i mean just riding that tank the last stage i actually just played it one of the stages without giving anything away or spoiling anything you're riding the tank at some point and there's people you know the germans shooting at you and you shoot that the uh tank cannon and blow up the buildings, and like the buildings are falling apart. You don't have to do that, you know. But if you shoot it again, it'll blow up some more. Everything I shot was destruct- destroyed, you know. So it had destructible environments in that stage. And I was like, wow, that it looked, you know, like it wasn't pre-canned, you know, mm-hmm. or anything like that. Well, that's it was cool. Just, it was awesome, man. I mean, they really did a good job. I think they have snipers in there. Uh, several ways you can complete a stage. Um, I'd say it's linear. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's several reasons to go back and replay it. There's something they got now called heroic, um, efforts or something like that, heroic deeds or something like that. So a stage might have three heroic deeds and other, so a lot of times the two that I've seen, uh, so far is that if you go around the corner or you just kind of wander off the beaten path and you see a German attacking one of your troops, you can kill that German. You save that guy's life. That's a heroic deed. Uh, if you hear some, you'll hear them in the battlefield, help, help. And then you have to go run and find them, pull them out of that, 
area, put them, pull them to safety, that's a heroic deed. So there's there, those are canned deeds that are sorry, you got to find them. You also got to find the mementos, which is like the intel they mm. used to do. And so I just like to play the story through first, like on normal, and just get the story, and then I'll go back and put it on easy and do all those deeds and all that. And so I'm, I might try to platinum this one. It's going to take a lot to include zombies, and I don't play zombies. Mm-hmm. But if they take it back, and then again, the reason, one of the reasons why with this Infinite Warfare, Black Ops 3 is just so, I didn't play the Infinite Warfare one, if they even had zombies, but Black Ops 3, I mean, the zombies are so complicated. I mean, now, you know, it's a story and all mm-hmm. this with it. I thought we used to just go in there and like pick a stage and it's survival. But yeah, you know, it's it is just... a story. <laughs> you get on a bus or something mm-hmm. and you have to get the gas for it. It's a whole big thing. Yeah, they've made, it, so they've they've made it more elaborate than... Just to shoot them yeah, up, yeah, kind of, <laughs> kind of took me and me out of it. So, uh, but but this one, hopefully, it goes back to normal, and, and we can at least learn how to get at least enough to get the trophies on it, and it'd be fun to platinum because mm-hmm. I think it's a fun game. I, they did good, at the, yeah. So I, I am proud of uh, the Call of Duty group for stepping up, even in all this midst of uh, turmoil of people hating Call of yeah. Duty and actually producing a good game, showing they still got capability to put out some good games and it surprised me because i'm not a call of duty fan at that point well and the interesting thing is talking about call of duty access actually leads us into the game that we're going to discuss tonight uh it's contra contra actually probably helped invent the whole shoot 'em up shooter style type gaming you know of course it's not the same layout as what we see with call of duties and things like that but it did bring in the idea of shooting things, killing things, and that that sort of thing as a person, not as like a spaceship that you saw in like the older arcade-style games. And this is one of the first ones that really broke into the market and really actually helped, you know, push the market in the in the late 80s. So, very interesting game. Um, distributed uh, all throughout the world, actually. So, it's one of those world ri- worldwide games that everybody got to play it in some form or fashion. Um, depending on where you're at is depending on what it was called. This was something interesting that I found out about it. Uh, so, you know, it's, it actually goes by a couple different names. But, you know, I think we should just jump on in talking about this. And, you know, Hollywood, what's your first impressions on playing Contra back in the day? So everybody loves Contra. And, and so I mentioned at the end of the podcast that the game goes for 50 bucks. It does, and it goes for 30 now. So it's actually gone back down. Uh, so the video game... Uh, you know, collecting circuit. It's just like everything else, you know, goes up and down or whatever, depending on the, the rarity and all this. And a Contra had a quick boom because it was one of those forgotten gems, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how well it sold, but uh, it used to be real cheap, and then it uh, it kind of got rare. Everybody remembered it. Oh, I want to get Contra. And I have a ton of memories about Contra. I mean... Um, I don't even remember where I first discovered it. Probably at my cousin's house. But it's certainly a very difficult game. One hit, you're dead. Mm-hmm. You have three lives, so you get get hit three times, you're dead. And um, and so everybody knows. Uh, well, I won't get into the the code just yet, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so you're you, so this is in the '80s. It came out in '88. It was an arcade game, so the NES port mm-hmm. uh, that we're talking about. Is a port of the arcade game that came out the year before. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can actually play it on Xbox Live now as well. Um, but the... Uh, so it's just a arcade classic. So it's arcade, 
game. You know, everybody knows you're there to make money, so let's make it as hard as we can, but fun. Mm-hmm. And people, the kids will keep pumping in quarters every time they die. So uh, NES, you know, you had about two or three. I think you had three continues mm-hmm. and three lives. You're dead, you know, and so you had to be good at it. it that's an <clears> but it's, that's an interesting fact there too, because even on the coin operated one, you only had three continues. You could only put coins in there three more times after your three lives. So you actually oh, had you actually had the same thing as well on the coin operated one. I was like, you know, when I read down on that, I was like, well, what? They basically locked it down. They made this game a very difficult game. Yeah, and so the story behind it is, uh, it's, what's it? Twenty six thirty three is the mm-hmm. year, and it. Uh, so you're fighting the. Um, it's a it's a group called what is it called? What's the Red called? Falcon Organization. Yeah, Red Falcon Organization off of New Zealand somewhere. And what I was saying was that they're um, uh, the island they're, they're chain. To be- yeah, the island chain was Galaga Archipelago near uh, New Zealand. They're okay. in a plot to conquer the world. Yeah, so it's aliens. It's kind of what it what it's supposed to be. And like I was saying in the eighties, so you got you know mid or mid to late eighties. You know you got movies like Commando. Mm-hmm. You got movies like Rambo. <laughs> You got movies like um, Alien and Predator and this kind of stuff. So you got these, you know, real uh, tough guys, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone. And it is the, the cover art is an obvious Stallone yes. and Schwarzenegger yes. uh, ripoff. I was about to, <laughs> so, I was about but, to say that. It's kind of like, if you look at the cover, it's like they did a cover for Predator because you see Stallone, you know, you see Schwarzenegger there front, you know, more front, and you've got kind of this alien look around it. So you've got this definite look that it could be like the Predator cover art, but they didn't drop Stallone off in it too because I mean he's got the red bandana like he has in Rambo. I mean he looks like Rambo. It's it's hilarious how much these two characters on this box art look like that and this is the box art from the uh the mid to late 80s that looked more realistic than more like the game so you know you have that look and it's like oh wow that looks like the cover of a movie they just threw together to try to make this cover so well the the arnold schwarzenegger character is directly from commando cover i mean it's almost the exact same it really is the commando movie with schwarzenegger holding that exact gun with the grenade launcher on it mm-hmm. that, let me see the grenade launcher on the bottom uh now well yeah you can see swords you can see uh you can kind of make that out yeah. but it's it's okay it's not exact with the one on the one on um contra uh on the uh commando or predator not maybe i'm getting too mixed up whatever schwarzenegger's on one of these movies he's on covers. both of them <laughs> well yeah but the one that that's t- taken from pro- exactly probably more like commando that. i think with the M203 grenade launcher on the bottom of the M16. Uh, but anyway, so the two characters, um, and I just had it up. Private First Class Bill, Bill Rizzer and Private First Class Lance Bean yeah, of the Contra and, and unit. What's so funny about it, they're, they're, ripped, they're so big, and a Private First Class is like a brand new, mm-hmm. right into the Army. <laughs> it's just funny. Uh, you know, Army, Marines, they all have them. Uh, Marines is an E2, Army's an E3. Uh, so if you go into the military basic training as an Eagle Scout, or at least you used to could, they would go ahead and give you E3 for finishing basic training as an Eagle Scout. So maybe they were Eagle Scouts. <laughs> they just came out of basic. But I don't know. 
But, you know, somebody that's going to go fight the elite group of soldiers specializing in guerrilla warfare, brand new to the military. I don't know how they specialize in anything. I don't know why they got private first class, but that's just kind of funny. I noticed that. Too. Yeah. I was doing a little bit of research on it. I was like, private first class? That's a brand new guy. They're supposed to be this elite unit. Maybe, you know, whatever. Maybe they were some kind of, like, Blackwater uh, organization, <laughs> mercenary group, and then they just had to sign up so they could make it legal. They were the new, they, they were the new Captain America experiment. Yeah, so they can go in there and take out these aliens here. That's why they're so buff and so, swole. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, yeah. So, one of the unique things about this game that makes it different from any other of the NES games is that it was a rare case that you could play two players mm-hmm. at the same time, and that was a hard. That was a, not a hard thing, but it was just a unique thing. I would say it introduced a new concept, a new uh, idea to the uh the whole gaming system because now i have to not only control my guy watch out for every bullet whizzing past my head and enemies uh, and stuff popping up and bridges exploding i got to keep up with my uh my comrade there make sure he's not falling behind because he's falling behind it's going to stall you out all the way to the end of the screen and if you're on level three the waterfall and you keep climbing that dude at the bottom is going to get dropped you know because you left him so you have to work together and, you know, keep in mind, this is an 88. Nintendo's mm-hmm. been out four years or something. Like I said, two-player two game at the same time. I mean, this is a great concept. And, it's, you know, one of the, it's a fun game, of course. It's a really fun action game. But, you know, some of this stuff, these couch co-ops like this didn't exist. And mm-hmm. so now you're actually working with your buddy to try to conquer something. That was That's what made it so unique and fun, one of the, yeah. one of the aspects of it. Well, so to throw the curveball to that, this is actually an interesting fact, is um, in Europe, the game actually wasn't called Contra. It was called Grizor. And it was not a couch co-op. It was you had to alternate between player one and player two rather than play simultaneously. So they actually, in Europe, made them go back to the old style of playing it Player one plays until they die, and then player two. So that's just a little interesting fact that Europe actually kept that style versus going there. So, I mean, in essence, they basically made two different games just for that. Yeah. And so everything on the game is supposed to be an alien, but everybody remembers the standard enemy. Mm-hmm. Looks like a football player running at you. Yep. You know, and so it looks like a guy, when you shoot them, they jump in the air and they explode. Just boop, a little... Mm-hmm orange circle you know it's nothing like parts body parts and they just go away and um when your guy dies he'll cut a backflip and land on his back dead blinking and then he'll drop down from the sky and another thing they have this one when you die you you come back exactly where you died Mm -hmm. until you run out of lives and all that that was another little bit of unique thing usually these games will start you at the very beginning of the stage uh but anyway um so europe did not like that they did not like shooting Mm-mm. football players you know even though it was aliens and they just looked like football players and i should remember that forever and uh so they turned it into uh robots were the um the actual characters main characters robots too i can't remember not that just I, shooting robots i think they were just shooting robots i didn't see anything about them getting changed uh, but did see the actual uh enemies getting changed which that's kind of interesting fact and kind of that's robo that's, that's probotector yeah that's the, probotector uh, is a uh, pal version yeah and the funny thing um the funny thing uh, the funny thing about that is is you know you got you got this out there and they don't like to see the football players get shot well whereas in Europe at this time 
American football is not even a thing over there, and it's more just you know soccer football. So I think that's just kind of funny, you know. That well, I just said football because it has nothing to do with football. Well, I know, I know. Like I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, that that whole little switch there. I know it has absolutely nothing to do with it. It's just kind of funny, though, in my opinion. But Probo uh, Tector, they did change the protagonist and did they? Uh, the enemy characters too. Yeah, I thought they just a silver. It's like a white guy. It's a robot, robot-looking okay. guy. Um, the whole he's you know it's like a big machine running around. Um, so uh, again, so this stage has uh, I don't mean how many levels. Let me see. I'll just count them out right now. You have the uh, the very first level, just running through with jumping over the bridge. Second is that pseudo 3D. So you're saying it's got seven got seven levels. Well, let's just talk about it. Pseudo 3D level. The third one is the waterfall. Mm-hmm. Fourth one is the snowboard. Mm-hmm. Fifth one is the um, fifth one is the other pseudo 3D. Sixth one is the one with the wooden things that pop up have spikes on them. Seven is the heart. Mm-hmm. No, there, no. I'm sorry. There's eight in the no, NES. I'm sorry. Yeah, there's, there's eight. eight. There's eight in the yeah. NES release. There's seven in the arcade release. I'm sorry. Yeah. So because I was going to say so. The other pseudo that's five. Seven is the, uh, six is like the, it's called, um, I can't remember, but it has those planks that pop up with spikes on mm-hmm. them. And then you got the electric um, something. That's where you fight the big guy at the end that runs around and jumps. And then the heart at the end. And that was the weirdest thing. You know, you're fighting this heart. At the, and it actually has a mini boss on the final stage. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, but none of the other ones had a mini boss in it. Well, uh, some of yeah, I guess you could kind you of could you could mini- you could kind of call well, on the first stage when you bust through the door of the base as a mini boss in a way. Well, no, that's the end of that first stage. I mean, that's pretty straightforward because it's one one then two. Yeah, but, uh, that's true. The what I'm thinking about is the snow when you have those trucks pull up. Uh, there's two of those, but I mean the main mini boss is the. You know, the little snake head is spitting the shrimp out mm-hmm. when you got to shoot it, and then you um, then you continue on to get to the heart, and you're like, you beat, have you beat Contra? Have you beat Contra? You know, back in the day, you're like, no, who's the final boss? Oh, it's a heart. You're like, what? You know, what do you mean? He has like a human heart just beating. Mm-hmm. You're like, and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, we didn't know any better. Just kids playing a Nintendo game. We didn't. We didn't expect what he I mean. He's supposed to be this real big boss. You know, we didn't understand all that. Just like whatever heart, that's fine. Supposed to be the inside of the heart of some alien, um, but uh, anyway, uh, yeah, and it's kind of unique when you're flying through that, or you're running through that final stage. Those little mouths open up, shoot those little white cotton balls at mm-hmm. you, which makes like a little white blood cell or something trying to attack you as an intruder into the the organism's body or whatever. But um, but anyway, so again, very difficult game, uh, three lives, and so. This introduced what we all know as the Konami Code. Yes. Right? And the Konami Code, everybody knows. I was going to ask Revelation if he remembered it. <laughs> but uh, certainly he does. But up, if this is this code is is uh, universal, everybody knows up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, start. But, um, and so start to start the game but anyway uh because some people don't consider start part of the code but because other games you don't have to do that but 
So this gave you 30 lives instead of three. So it let you experience the whole game. And once you got good enough at it, you could mm-hmm. uh, you could only do it with, with three. I yeah. could do it with three very easily. It was, basically, it. it was basically a way to, you know, the game playing it normal is actually in hard mode and doing the code actually unlocked like easy mode for you basically. Because it didn't give you any other bonus other than having the ton of lives. So Yeah, and remember when you die, you drop straight down from where you died. Mm-hmm. So... Yes, a huge benefit, and you get to continue, and we continue, you start with 30 lives again. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> remember, we didn't have internet and this kind of stuff back then to figure these codes out. So, the way that everybody figured it out was it was in the very first issue of Nintendo Power. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? I do remember that. It was that uh, one with Mario 2 on mm-hmm. it. The Claymation it? Mario 2 on the front yeah, of it. I can always remember that cover. I see it clear as day in my mind right now. <laughs> yep. And I remember you had that had that one, and I, I did. did too. Uh, I still got it. Um, in fact, I got yours. <laughs> you, don't know, you don't know that. Oh. I that it has because uh, you drew bunny ears on Mario. Oh yeah, that's right. I, I remember. That. <laughs> I got that one, and I actually got the final. Uh, I ordered it off of eBay. The, the final, uh, final edition that had the same cover. Yeah. Yeah, yeah similar cover. Uh, just a claymation mm-hmm. deal. But. Um, those posters and that poster that came with that one is probably probably the most valuable poster. It was a map of the Legend of Zelda. Yep, I remember that. And uh, yours didn't have it, but um, you can buy Nintendo Powers on. Here's a little trick for everybody out here that likes the video games. You can buy Nintendo Powers on uh, online on eBay or whatever. Take the poster out and sell the poster separately, and it's probably gonna you can make a little bit of money that mm-hmm. way. But Anyway, so but you, but when you order them, you just make sure they got the poster in there. Some of the posters are dumb. If you got like a King Griffey Junior two poster, you're not <laughs> gonna go for anything. But if you you know, but if you get a Final Fantasy six poster, I would like it. You know, I would like that oh, yeah. one. Uh, whatever, is that a poster like that? Final Fantasy two, whatever. Um, I don't even know all the different posters, but just a fun game that everybody would like. That's a popular game. So something cool that I just pulled up as, you know, we were talking about it, you know, how, you know, in the European market, they call it Probotector. If you pull up the box cover art and you know anything about anime, it looks like Gundams on the front cover. Yeah, that's what. And I was just like, when I just saw that, I'm like, oh my gosh, is this like, did they take this from the Gundams or did Gundams kind of take it from them? I think Gundams actually were created before this. So it's just kind of interesting to see that and to see the changes of where they made it. The whole robots versus aliens instead of humans versus aliens. But, I mean, if you think about it, in 2633 back then, you know, we were all going to be androids and cyborgs anyway. So, it kind of makes sense. <laughs> it kind of makes sense for this front cover to look like this. Oh, yeah. So, but that's just an interesting look, you know, just seeing that cover from the European market. And then the Japanese market, you know, they kept the kind of the same look of the you know, two Rambo-style looking guys, but it's basically the uh, one guy with a blue bandana, one guy with a red a red bandana, one's got a tank top on and the other one's shirtless, you know. And there's really not much <laughs> other than that, some Japanese writing, so. So, an interesting thing about that Konami code, like we were talking about, um, 30 lives code, people called it back then. Do you know the 30 lives code? So you knew something back then and it just spread like wildfire mm-hmm. for that game. Um, but anyway, uh, the Konami code was first released with Gradius. Do you remember why it was re- how that came to be? No, I don't. So the developer, 
the creator, Kazuhisha Hashimoto, all right, developed the home port in 1985 for Gradius. And that's a very, that's another difficult game. It's just yeah. a scr- uh, shooter, space shooter. Um, and so he wasn't very good at it, you know. And so the way that the game works is you shoot aliens or whatever, and every once in a while they'll drop a power up. You pick up the power up. Uh, very good concept for an mm-hmm. ES game. You get, you know, you push the power up. Uh, B shoots. The A will let you activate that power up. Well, first power up's like speed. Second one's missile. So, but in order to get that power up, you know, so let me see if I can explain this. You pick up one power up. You can save it. Don't don't activate it. Pick up another little power up icon. Now you're on missiles. You know, so if you save it, you're gonna and then push A. You'll get save all your little power ups and then push A. You'll get a better weapon like a laser mm-hmm. uh, missiles or whatever speed and so or you can pause the game put in the konami code and unpause it and now you got every single power up <laughs> and that was basically kind of put in there as a debugger so that uh kazuhishi hisha could uh play through his game <laughs> wow that's the only reason and so there's speculation to whether or not that game, whether that code was left in there intentionally by accident. You know, if he could have just talked to any of these developers and said, "Hey, put this code in here," so or do something. He said he picked that code because it was easy to remember, um, and so that's why he just picked the code. And so that's he just it just left it in there. And then of course, it makes its way into Contra. Then the Ninja Turtles game mm-hmm. is actually used in there. Um, and uh, do you remember what it does in Ninja Turtles? No, I don't. You stumped me on that one. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, well, it's in, it's in all of the Ninja Turtles, uh, part two and three, and part one and and Tournament Fighters. But it's pretty much any Konami game is going to have it in there. I think I've had um, too much fun point. to remember that. <laughs> and even games that are not Konami have included the code. I think it's in Silent Hill too. Oh wow! I did not <laughs> know that. Crazy. That's so special. It's in a bunch of them. Um, but uh, but what it does on the Ninja Turtles game, Ninja Turtles One, it would um, actually give you like two more continues if you put it at the top mm. at the title screen, and then Ninja Turtles uh, Three, uh, Ninja Turtles Two, it would um, there's there's like three different variations you can put in, and it'll either give you nine lives, stage select, or you can get both. Kind of the same thing for uh, let's see. Actually, I got it right here. It says entering the code for for part three. Uh, screen with the A and B buttons reversed gives access to stage select options mode. It's the only way to change the options in the game. Otherwise, the player will start on normal difficulty with three spare lives. So that's it. But uh, Turtles in Time, it was there for two, for ten lives. Um, so all over the place. Um, Dance Dance Revolution, Metal Gear Solid. Um, let me see what it does in Silent Hill. I never played. I've seen a couple of Silent Hills. So Silent Hill Three. Beat the game once. Enter the code of the title screen. Will cause Douglas Cartland to a supporting character to to appear in in his underwear in each cutscene. <laughs> so it's not a. Yeah, it's. I can't hear if Silent Hills is a Konami game or not. Uh, I think it is actually. Huh. Let me see. If that's a Konami. It's just a little thing. Yeah, it is a Konami game. So, so uh, 
little things like that. So here's something even cooler too is uh, if you like uh, you know if you're a musical a musical person like I am, this is interesting. I didn't realize this until I just read it. Is the band Deftones actually referenced the Konami Code and the title for their instrumental song? U U D D L R L R A B Select Start <laughs> on their 2006 album Saturday Night Wrist. So um, Wreck It Ralph actually uh, has it in there as well too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's on. Uh, it's, it's it's you could enter it. You still could enter it on the ESPN's website. Oh wow! <laughs> it would, like have have a bunch of fireworks or something go off. You could probably still do it. Um. But anyway. Uh, so it's it's a, like I said, it's a it's a cult like classic. I mean, if you played retro games, you know the Konami. Oh yeah. Code if you grew up back then, um, one of the latest ones that was re- released was Contra Four on the DS. Um, mm. At least that's one I remember, and that's a that is a great game. Uh, they start introducing the concept to where remember you pick up the the so you first of all you had two slots that you could pick up a spreader everybody wanted the spreader mm-hmm. nobody wanted fire they all want spreader if you got spreaders that's what you you're gonna run with and the game's a lot easier that's one of the fun things about it you just thought Konami's notorious for you know you get power-ups that makes the game a lot easier which they wish they should but all power-ups are not created equal and so anyway they would give you two slots so you, you collect a spreader and then you shoot something and then a laser falls well you don't have to replace that spreader you can put it in your secondary slot, so now you got a laser. Well, if you die with a laser, you lose it, but you still got the spreader and your and your one slot and so on and so forth. But what was cool about it is that you get the spreader, right? Uh, and then uh, right, let's let's do this one. Let's do this version. This is easier. So they had one something called this missiles type. It just had an mm-hmm. H. Um, and so you shoot missiles, boom, 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 and then you you collect and, and you shoot uh, a thing that releases a power up. And it's another H. Well, if you grab that H, you've collected two H's in that slot, and now those now they're homing missiles, mm-hmm. so they haunt, they they upgrade that way. So that's really cool, um, and it's a really fun game, hard game, but it's fun. You start you can unlock uh, the regular the uh, original Contra NES on that, and I think you can unlock Super C as well oh, cool. on that uh, on that that port of uh, or port, but that DS version, um, and so. I knew when I bought it, I owned that game, and I bought it. I had got good reviews, and that's like one of the last DS games I bought that I bought new. And uh, if you pause the game, if you collect an M or whatever for machine gun, you pause the game, put the up, up, down, left, right, left, right, BA start in, it will upgrade that machine gun to its second level deal. So like, okay, that's what it does here. But I just found out that if I was to, when you start the game, you drop, just like you do on the very first one, your guy drops down. Well, if you pause it while he drops down and and use your touchpad, you know how they just love that touchpad oh, yeah. on the DS. Get your stylus and touch up, up, down, the up part of the <laughs> touchpad, up, up, and then down, down, the bottom of the touchpad, left, right, left, right, BA start. Then you get thirty lives. Hmm. So it's actually used twice there. Um, and if you try to uh, on Contra Four, this is another funny thing. You put that code in; it only works once. Like I said, uh, why, not, not the one where you test the touchpad, but when you're playing the game and you get the power-up and you want to upgrade that power-up, you put the code in, you get the upgraded power-up. Well, you lose it or whatever. Okay, you keep going. Say, so whatever, I'll just put the code in again. Put the code in again, you die. <laughs> it only works uh, one time per stage. So you put it in more than once, you die. So I can tell you're reading because you would have really liked that. Yeah. I was, re- I was re- <laughs> sorry I was reading something. I got something really interesting. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. All right. 
go ahead. So, uh, no, it, it was just uh, I found the uh, found the actual story from the Contra manual from the U.S. version. So I thought that was interesting, just reading it because like uh, all this stuff started from 1957 to push you all the way to 2633, and I thought that was like wow, a huge you know span of time to have all of this developed to have the aliens to be what they are. So I just thought that was wild when I saw that. I was like, "Whoa!" Check this out too. You'll like this. Uh, let me see here. You'll like it eventually once I can get it to to work. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm looking at the manual here too. Uh, let's see. Come on. But um, one of the memories I have of this game, too, I want to say this while I'm sitting here thinking, is was uh, fighting some of the bosses with their flailing arms and stuff coming out of their mouth and everything trying to beat it. And I remember how much of a difficult time I had with that because I remember back then I just, you know, fighting hard on those bosses were just like, I thought it was horrible and just terrible. I remember, oh, yeah. I remember rage quitting quite a few times on this game. Check this out. I finally got it to work. Look at Bam. Look at you. You see the manual? Yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Video games nowadays don't have manuals like this. Yeah, they don't even have manuals to save money. And this this manual has, and this is an original manual. You can see the good coffee oh, yeah. stains on there or something, Coke stains or something, blood. I don't know. It probably it is has, a little bit of blood. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. There's like ten pages max in there. How to play. Only the strong survive. That's the very first thing you see. <laughs> Only the strong survive. And look at these heroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Codename Scorpion and Codename Mad Dog. <laughs> look exact, that looks exactly like Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> He's even got a cigar in his mouth. Oh, that's hilarious. That is so funny. <laughs> but uh, while we're doing that, I want to show you the other... The uh, Contra. Hold on a sec. I'll find it. But anyway... Uh, Predator. I think it's Predator that he's actual, the actual. Uh, Is it Predator that the covers more alike? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's almost exactly like. Yeah, so I was thinking it's almost exactly like. It's wild. When y'all get a chance, go check that out. You got to look at it and just compare the covers to it. Cause yeah, yeah, it was Predator. I mean, it's the same exact stance and everything. I mean, it's hilarious how much it's copied from one another. When was Predator done? Was it like eighty five? It's eighty four. Eighty four, yeah, eighty five. Right so yeah. yes, Contra copied Predator. And then look up Rambo just to get a laugh okay. because because uh, Sylvester Stallone. I'm find it. Yeah, there it is, right there. The. Uh, you can look at uh, the the second cover that you have in those picture sets. This one, yeah, that one's probably going to be the closest, or the one right below it. Uh, there's one is exactly like it. Where he's hold like this. He's holding it exactly. Yeah, there it is. It <laughs> so yeah, yeah, there <laughs> it's there. I, I've seen if you go on YouTube or something, you'll see the exact one that he. It's it's hilarious. Guys. They copied it. From. It's so funny to see this, and you see that all. Just, and what's funny is, is you see that kind of stuff in a lot of early Nintendo games. 
because they tried to make the cover look more like humanistic and everything. I mean, I think you can even find some movies that are like close to Mega Man. I think like if you look at like the Tron box covers, you kind of get, you know, a same feel of Mega Man because it's got that same vibe as well. So you look at these replications and it's really funny seeing that in, in video <laughs> game history where the video games decided to rip off from the movie arts, movie art covers. <laughs> it's just weird how they, you know, I guess they thought it's kind of subliminal or something. I don't mm. know. Like, well, hey, these are the these are the heroes of the day. I mean, I guess there was a lot of video games like mm-hmm. that that I, you know that that just made uh you know made it you know the tough guy on the front you know especially back in the eighties, which was a great time. Well, what made me mad about that was is I'd get the game, it didn't look anything like that. I'm like, yeah, you're supposed to look like hard. the game, you know. <laughs> and it did in my head when I was playing. And both the guys, yeah. one blue pants and one has red pants, <laughs> the exact same guy. Yeah. <laughs> that's how you could tell. I mean, it's it's, it's wild to have just those little things, and that 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 just goes back to the nostalgia factor of playing eight bit games and sixteen bit games. You just get that, you know, you get low quality graphics, but then again, it it makes you have that have to have your imagination kick in with it too, and I think that's why. Video games were so much fun for us back then because, you know, you had to use imagination. I remember Jaws, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It it, it was a really grainy game, but, you know, if you imagine things, you could actually start making the pictures look more like like what it was in the movies versus, you know, what it did on the screen in your head, so. (laughs) Yep, and so talking about the old school games, um, this one was was like again so difficult to play through, and uh, again, you know, I've I've said on this podcast before, and I did eventually finish it without dying. That's like one of my little mm-hmm. achievements that that I was happy about with the game. Um, but uh, hold on, sorry, I was getting. And I will say, I I beat Contra one time. I know I beat yeah. it one time, and I think I beat it, and I was like, I'm done. I did it. I'm done. And I don't think I ever went back and played it again, because <laughs> I think it just frustrated me so bad to get there, but I will say it was a fun ride, so. Yeah, so so, that, so that's about, that kind of helps my point, too. So you played it and finished it one time. So it took a lot of time, you know, to try yeah. to master this game and finish it, and this is how old school games ended. You kill the heart, you get on the helicopter, fly off the island, it's exploding, and then it got words that say, "Congratulations, you've destroyed the vile Red Falcon and saved the universe. Consider yourself a hero." Done. That's all you get. Yeah. You don't get us. And that's all you would expect. In the same way for Jaws. Congratulations, you beat Jaws. Something like that is all it says. It, but I mean, the excitement you, you got you out of seeing that screen. Oh my gosh, I can remember us erupting over games when we beat them. You know, when we got to those ends like that, it was like, "Oh my god, we did it!" You know. I mean, because like well, Final well, Fan- one of the things yeah, the Final Fantasies have those, so yeah. So Final Fantasy have some pretty you know long endings. You know, yes. they kind of pick up sort. But like you know, so those were different. That's Super Nintendo era. So you start getting into the, the I didn't f- finish the first first one or whatever. Um, the Dragon Warrior was a fun one to end. You walk back. It makes you walk all the way. You can you can use a a wing to go or a spell to go back to the castle. But if you walk all the way back after killing Dragon Lord, there's no enemies. Anyway, the point is, there's little things like that. But anyway, Contra. See, this is this is a part that you don't you don't you don't even think about this. And I just now thought about it. You know, it was a unique. You were a part of an elite group when you finished the game because, first of all, if you go somewhere, they're going to say, "Hey, finish it for me. I want to see mm-hmm. it. I want to see the ending." Because you keep in mind, again, this is a hard thing to fathom for some people. Maybe some people listening to this podcast. 
no internet. Mm-hmm. There was no such thing. You couldn't get online and type in Contra and go to the ending of the game and see the ending of the game. You saw it with your own eyes. You Only you knew what happened. Mm-hmm. And so somebody would say, what happens when you finish it? And then you tell them. So you see that helicopter taking off those explosions. There's something so simple, but you get to see it. Mm-hmm. And so you have done what it takes. You have overcome all odds and persevered through one of the hardest games in the world. And you have... Uh, seen the ending so that's the kind of stuff that it was you know you, you got to remember when we were ch- children that's what oh, yeah. it was like well then too on top of that is not only could you not go on to the web and see the ending or whatever n- not being able to beat it yourself no walkthroughs no anything you had to discover every single thing step by step painstaking step by step to know and understand the game you know, the, the the code. I mean, we got lucky that Nintendo Power was out at the time that this game came out because I've, I've got friends and family that were playing on Atari that didn't have that kind of stuff and they had to dig and find out. Now, granted, Atari games are a whole different case in how difficult some of those are. But, you know, when you're playing this Contra, you literally, all you have is you and hopefully your buddy, buddy and two, you know, one or two buddies down the street to figure all of it out and to get through it all. You know, and it's it, yeah, that's true. So, so I mean, you have to look at it from an aspect of these are games back in the day when you really had to figure it out yourself. Because nowadays, if I can't figure something out, it's not call a buddy up and say, "Hey, how'd you do this?" It's Google, and then there you go. It's right there, already figured out for you. And it, it I think in a way, it's kind of ruined gaming. I mean, yeah, games are still fun, but it's just you have too easy access of knowing how to beat the games now. You know, Contra is a shining example of you got to figure it out. Yeah, it's just a shooter game, and it's a shoot 'em up game, but there are some technical there there are some technical pieces to it. You got to know when to duck, when to jump, when to dodge and all that good stuff. I mean, you got to know the the 5 Ds of dodgeball in it. <laughs> exactly what I was thinking about. Well, I mean, it's a different aspect of it. I mean, it's uh it's just different. There's two ways to look at it. I mean, you know, Nowadays, you buy a game, you know, there's one uh, field of thought that if I spend $60 on a game, I should be able to get the whole game. Exactly. You know, back then, it was, you spend $50, $60 on a game, and it was, you know, people said they were 30 they were, they were, I remember them being 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you might not get to play the whole game. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you play... And it wasn't uncommon at all. In each stage you finished, it was a new experience. Well, I'm on stage four, and again, it's that whole thing. Wow, I get to see what stage four mm-hmm. is like. Nobody else at school can see that. You know, only I do. Yeah. And I'm starting to, and I told you on the other day that we actually was at GameStop, and um, this happened. I was picking up Call of Duty, and I just happened to say, do you have any SNES minis? And they say, oh, yeah, actually we do. There's this very rare system, if you, for those of you who don't know, that it's 80 bucks. It's got like 20... Super Nintendo games on it or something like that, and people are buying it and flipping it because they're so. The same thing happened at the NES Mini, mm-hmm. so they've released an NES Mini and a Super Nintendo Mini. Anyway, I got one. I got a Super NES Mini. I'm so so pumped about it because I was like, I just want to play it with my son. Oh yeah. And so we play Mario World together, and to see his reaction when there's like a new enemy or something that pops up or something cool mm-hmm. that happens, it kind of makes you relive that you know in a yeah. way and it's so much fun so you you kind of remember 
and you know he's got access to YouTube and he's played Mario Maker. But I mean, he if he really, you know, he'll he he watches some of those videos sometimes. So he may he hadn't seen some of that. But uh, anyway, the point is, you know, something new. We I mean, we just played it tonight and just kind of laughing and you know he gets real excited when you almost die and mm-hmm. you know it's just funny. But he's like, "How are you so good at this, Daddy?" You know, I was like, well, I've been playing it for 27 years. <laughs> yeah, I got, got close to 30 <laughs> you know. years in on this stuff, boy. <laughs> so, yeah, so, uh, but anyway, he's like, oh, that's a, uh, but anyway, so you just gotta, so we learn, we learn his perseverance while playing oh, yeah. that and not giving up. So, but it's fun. I, I'm so glad that we got that thing. He's like, I'm glad you bought that's this. That's a great buy. I was like, yeah. I mean, I've got, I mean, great. I've got a plain old Super Nintendo. So I was like, do I really want to buy a Super NES Mini or do I just want to just go with the Super Nintendo that I've got? And I think I'm just going to go with Super Nintendo I've got. And then, too, I'm going to, I'll probably end up building, you know, a Raspberry Pi out for it and all that because there's quite a different ways you can do that. So it just shows you, though. I mean, I got, I got, at least I didn't even count it all. Over, over majority of those games I own already. Oh yeah, uh, but um, but there is some power in the obviously the Super NES controller, mm-hmm. but also just a product. This is just how powerful Nintendo's name is. That brand. This is a Nintendo release product. A new mm-hmm. Nintendo release product. There's some power behind that. It's just weird. Uh, I'll, I've, I've, you know, I play Final Fantasy VI all the time. In fact, I just played it, you know, a week ago on my mm-hmm. NES, my, an original one. But I'm looking forward to playing it on the emulator, or what is an emulator? But the NES Mini, yeah. which is an emu- it just emulates the games. Mm-hmm. But it's an HDMI connection. Mm-hmm. It looks super crisp. There's like three different. You can make it look like an old Nintendo game mm-hmm. if, or an old, uh, old one. Or you can make it pixel perfect, or there's several different views you can do. And Nintendo's notorious for putting certain hidden things in that NES. Oh yeah, and uh, Super NES. So we'll see what it is. But man, it's it's fun. I mean, I don't know why it's just so the colors of it on the title screen of it. I mean, I don't know. It's just a great thing. Like I said, it's just Nintendo's name. You know, it's quality. Oh yeah. I mean, they're always going to put a quality thing out, no matter no matter whether the mass is accepted or not it's it's always going to be a quality product i mean you got to give them the credit for that they put out stuff that works yeah no doubt so oh anyway man i don't got any much to say about contra um i don't either you know it's a pretty straightforward game i, I mean it's like in terms of simple but these old nes games man you know it's not a whole lot of well i won't say there's not a lot of depth to them that's so it's a What's that, what is that saying where it's just a you know, real quick to uh, to learn but a lifetime to master type deal? Yeah. Um, it's kind of like that. They're all kind of like that. Well, just something funny, too, to add in that, that I just thought about pop up in my head. This game actually has one feature of it that is, in a, in a way, a quasi-3D. When you go from the side-scrolling things into the bases, the bases are actually quasi-3D because you do have to, like I said, you do have to jump and duck and go around things and you kind of run up it so that's just a kind of little interesting interesting tidbit in there as well so if you haven't played it before you'll get that kind of feel of what 8-bit 3d is you know it's kind of funny so but uh, one of the things that that's on the uh nes mini super nes mini is uh well on the nes mini they have super c i don't know why they didn't have contra yeah uh you know i'm kind of like some stuff that nintendo i mean it's a licensing thing i'm sure but um, 
But on the Super NES Mini, they have Contra 3, mm-hmm. which I never played that one too. I think I rented it from Video Visions or something. You'll probably hear Video Visions a few times. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> All the time. Video Visions will I'm happen in that. place. Our Ro- Rogers video. Rogers Reynolds. Rogers Reynolds and Video <laughs> Rogers <Visions>. Reynolds. <laughs> but um, it has... Uh, Contra Three on it, and uh, I played that. That's a lot of fun too. I, I'm gonna, I'm looking forward to trying to to get through that mm-hmm. one. But that has a top down. The second map is a top down, looking straight down, and oh. you actually turn you turn your gun with the L and R buttons, and that's that's a uh, you know they wanted to be show odd. the mode three. Yeah. They show you had to pick your starting point, then the camera's up top, and it like spins in. Ooh, you know, super cool because it's something mm-hmm. that Super NES introduced the mode seven deal. Yeah, but. Uh, but anyway, I mean, I, I get it. It's, it's bearable for sure. Mm-hmm. It's a fun game. But the side-scrolling is way more fun, of course. Yeah. So anyway, um, what are you thinking about next? I know we want to try to put together this, somehow put some list together about what we need to do. I'm totally not sure, man. I'm just, I'm down for whatever. You know me. If I don't, if I don't know the game very well, I'll research it and look at it and... You know, I've had my hands on most every game we've talked. Well, pretty much, I have my hands on every game we've talked about so far. So, yeah, and I kind of wanted to do that to where you know I know that we've both played it, yeah, and uh, can can talk about it. I don't want to just do a game that only one of us has played. That's kind of hard to hard to do. Well, yeah, because then it's just pretty much just you know podcast for just one of the two of us. So, yeah. So we'll figure it out, and um, what you. You said you want to do a Zite bike at some point. Well, if we do, uh, well, you can do black box. Like like we said with Excite bike, doing it. That's uh, we could probably cover that in ten minutes. You know, yeah, and, yeah, so. I mean, and do a, like a coverage like we did here. Talk about all kind of random stuff and everything, and I come and have it all compact in ten minutes. Excite bike's not a huge game, but just some fun memories from it. So yeah, and so one of my, uh, I was gonna say like Super Punch Out or something. Yeah, you know, I don't know which one we can do. I know that you've played that one because that was part of that big trade mm-hmm. that we made back in the day. But, I mean, you can notice a trend. We've all done Super NES, and this is our first NES. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we did, yeah, so we did Mega Man X. So, Super NES. So, a lot of Nintendo. I mean, I'll go ahead and tell you, NES, Super NES is one of my favorite systems yeah. of all time, Super NES. And Super NES is um, more what we, what we ended up playing together because I remember... Yeah. You know, the NES stuff, I had that before we, you know, before moving to Forest, so. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, we'll, it, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure something out, but, uh, we'll, we'll get you some more stuff. We might even do a modern game. Yeah, we'll get more. We've done a lot of retro. Yeah, we'll, we'll do, we'll do modern games. We'll do retro. I mean, heck, I'm thinking we might can even throw some board games in there because we've got our favorite. <laughs> I knew we got, I knew we you were going to say We that. got our I'm favorite board game, dude, because as soon as we started talking about retro, I'm all thinking about Hero Quest, man. <laughs> I mean, that, that is the best, absolute best board game ever. So we'll probably have the to Heroes do, Quest. we'll probably have to do one on Hero Quest because, uh, it's, it's, yeah, we'll do that. it's an awesome board game and I think you should go out and buy it if you can find a decent copy of it. You're going to spend, for a copy that's beat up, you're going to spend about a hundred plus dollars for it. So, do they even have um, games, board games similar? Yeah, to that uh, Warhammer Forty Thousand is one. Okay, um, it's it's not quite the same as the way that uh, Hero Quest was set up, but it has that same kind of feel. It's basically 
3D version of Dungeons and Dragons is basically what it boils down to. So they have Warhammer 40,000, or they call it 40K, and they've got a couple others as well. So yeah. So Warhammer sounds like a war to me. Yeah. Is it more you have it? You're controlling armies, or are you controlling individuals? It's it's armies, individuals. It depends on how you set up the match or how you set up this scenario. Oh, wow. So it's it's actually pretty neat. Um, they actually have 3D levels where it's not just that flat map. They actually have yeah. platforms and everything. So it just depends on how big you want to get in that. And you can spend hundreds of dollars on that game. Uh, what do you mean? You keep the different pieces? Oh, yeah. So they've got they've got additions to it, uh, different pieces that you can buy, different characters you can buy. A lot of people like to hand paint theirs in Warhammer. Um, you've got, like, the map. It's not just like a flat board like it was in... Um, Hero Quest is actually pieces that you can attach that you know make the you know terrain stacked or whatnot yeah. and everything like that. So you kind of get a three dimensional feel. Play as well. it. I've you sound like you play. I've it. played it with friends. I don't own any of the stuff to play it. Yeah. So it's actually kind of a it's a fun game too. I mean, it's basically a advanced version of uh, Hero Quest. It basically was the next step after you go into that. You you you'd merge into that. But I mean, I'm a I'm a big player of, or used to, I don't, I don't have a group anymore, but I'm a big player of D&D, Hero Quest, that kind of stuff. We used to play that all the time, so. I remember I was so disappointed in D&D, man. Everybody <laughs> kept saying D&D, D&D, and I was in like at full sale it's in 2003. all on who your dungeon master is. Well, so, so I didn't like D and D, man. You know, I, I kind of <coughs> into, I like swords and and you know the old school fantasy stuff. And they're like, hey, we're playing D and D at my house tonight. If you want to come by, I was like, yeah, all right. And I was actually at my girlfriend's house at the time, and I went over there, and they're just sitting around talking. <laughs> it's just all imagination. Yeah. And I was like, what? This is what you're doing. You're just talking about being something. But I get it though. Don't get me wrong. I get it. Uh, and like you said, it's, and I, especially like playing Heroes Quest, and we said, hey, let's just do our own thing. Mm-hmm. And you were the deep dungeon master. And that was a lot of fun. Uh, and I love those type of games because you can, you know, if you're working together, but like Warhammer. So, so by the way, I'll ask, Warhammer, is it more um, where you're playing against each other or is it just one, you're just trying to get through this quest? You, you can set it up. You can set it up either way. Uh, I know a lot of people that do campaigns. I know a lot of people that do uh, verses. It just really depends on what you want to do. You can you can pretty much. I mean, it's it's pretty much open ended like D and D, Hero Quest, anything else. You know, it's it's open ended. You can do whatever you want, however you want. You know, they do have canned campaigns, so that way you have that strict follow through, kind of like Hero Quest did. Or you can be open like D and D is, where you can just go out and do. But D and D also has those canned campaigns as well. So you get to so. We go play, finish a campaign. The then we say we do a weekly game or whatever, and then so the next week you come in, you still have all your gear and mm-hmm. all that that you had. For, so picks up where it left yep. off. Levels, yeah, you, your guy levels up, and all you that. can definitely do that. If he dies as he did mm-hmm. for good. Well, that's if you want it to. I mean, it just all depends. Okay, depends. All, you got to set the rules yeah, ahead of time. Yeah, it depends on how you want to set it. I mean, I know people that set it to where okay, yeah, if you die, you're out for this game, but you can come back next game. I know some people that are like you die, your gear gone. You know. Um, yeah. and in my D and D groups, uh, if you died, your character died, it was done. You balled up your paper, you threw it away, you wrote and you started a new character. Yeah. D and D is, is, uh, you know, the purest of D and D, not even the purest. I mean, if you, you don't, you're not playing D and D if your character doesn't really die. Yeah. That's kind of the whole, I mean, you know, we read the, not to get too off uh, the left field, but the, uh, one of my favorite books is the masters of doom. Mm-hmm. 
and it's just the uh, Carmack and uh, Romero story ID. Well, anyway, they played D&D at some point, and they had played it for years, their characters mm-hmm. and all this, and then Carmack was always the dungeon master. He was real good at it, and then at one point, he just he killed all their characters with something. <laughs> and one thing, but you're dead, and like you're done. You're done playing. We played this for years. Our characters are, you know, we've watched them grow or whatever. We've all, and nope, you're dead. That's why you all. There was a reason for it. I can't that's remember. why you always pray that you never either, one, make your dungeon master mad, or two, your dungeon master is not bipolar. Because if you're bipolar, you're going to lose your character. <laughs> no doubt, you're going to lose your character. <laughs> so luckily, thank God I had a great dungeon master. And if he ever listens to this, man, I give you props for all the great stuff you did for us. Because, I mean,. I, I, we had characters that get just, you know, basically we we had demigods. We got to demigod level in, on some of our characters. So, I mean, we, we played it that hardcore. I mean, it was every Saturday night we would get together, start at like probably 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night and play until probably 7, 8 o'clock Sunday morning and play that Jeez. long time every every Saturday night. It was that way. So, and the bad thing for me is, is at that time I was in the age of party and I'd come in from a party and start playing D and D with them. And we bought three coffee urns and we were just pumping coffee all <laughs> night long. It was so crazy, man. I've never drank that much coffee in my life. Yeah. Well, so, but well, sorry about diving off topic there, but you know, that's what happens when we get off subject. We oh, no, <laughs> wondering. So. I, I didn't know anything about Warhammer and, um, but I do like the uh, Heroes Quest stuff, and I mean that stuff's fun. I like playing strategy board games. Uh, you know, that I feel like they're making a comeback, man. I don't know. They are. There's but, a there's a one. I don't I don't know the name of it. It's one that some people that uh, that quite a few of our uh, clan mates play, and I can't think of the name of it. It's uh, it was on Kickstarter. I think that's the only way you can buy it is through Kickstarter. It's supposed to be a really awesome game, and it's kind of along those same lines as uh. D&D Warhammer Heroes Quest kind of stuff and it's a huge box you pay 100 bucks for and everything so I might hmm. I might look it up and try to find it and pull and get a hold of it because I want to start a board game group up so well any game that's like strategy you know it's my favorite thing where you have to do a strategy to defeat to the other players oh, yeah. or whatever so but anyway uh, yeah, we'll figure something out and uh, just stay tuned to the Facebook and whatnot, Twitter or something yeah. if we want to drop a new yeah. Whatever we de- whenever we decide that we're gonna do whatever we're gonna do next. Yeah, hit us up. And, enough time to play. Yeah, we apologize for being a little di- having a little bit of space between these podcasts here recently. Like I said earlier, I'm still in the process of moving, so if it spaces out a little bit, you know, bear with us. You know, we got the holidays coming up, so that you know we're probably gonna have some space out there. Hopefully, you know, um, Hollywood's gonna be coming into town. You know, uh, to our hometown. I'm gonna try to make a trip to our hometown. Make it the same time. Maybe we can get together and actually do a podcast where we're not doing it over the internet and just you know sitting there laying it down together. So cool. But uh, all right, guys. Thanks for listening in. And as always, you know this is Clear Fire, and we'll check y'all later. Yeah. Yep. Later.